This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. And here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, once again, nothing is working is, as is... There it is. Taking a stand for your rights, your liberties, and all the bullshit in between. You're listening to Break the Barrel Podcast. No, I just put the wrong, that part in the wrong spot on the audio, and so I was like, where is that sound? And I... There it is. There it is. It, it decided to come in a few seconds late, but it's there. I always decide to do things like last minute, and uh, it never works out for me. So that's all right. We are running a few minutes behind, and that's okay because our guest tonight is also running a few minutes behind. Um, Bill, have you ever heard of this uh, thing called the uh, 24 presidential election? No. When is that? That is in 2024, last I checked. Wow. That means it's what, like? Four months away? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Um, it's already started. It's already began. Yes. What's that sound? Are you, oh, your table is tapping on the mic freaking stand, and it is going to drive me nuts. So fix yourself. Get your shit together so I can hey, get my I'm together. out of practice, okay? Oh, okay. So uh, tonight we have the special honor of having yet another presidential candidate remember yes. when we had spike on you weren't yeah you, you weren't there. i was not you were live i got I, I, you were I got, live with your your remote yeah, headquarters I, I got to do it without you yes. and um it was probably better because you weren't there That's but true. this time uh it's gonna be it's gonna be great because yes we have the honor of having joshua smith uh the libertarian presidential candidate on our show and what's so great about this is he's coming on our show what is happening? That is not what we want. <laughs> it just like starts into the next song. Go the fuck away. Oh, good. Um, what's great about this is he gets to come on our shitty show, uh, clearly, yes. shitty show, yes. before um, he's slated to go on um, TimCast. Wow. Uh, in in, in a couple awesome. weeks. So. So we'll get to hear We're about the that. First we'll to Venom, really, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just figured we might as well have him on first because <laughs> after that he's and uh I mean what we are doing is building up his expectations for a better show. <laughs> so if it was in reverse what we do. if it was in reverse, he'd go on that show and be like, I don't want to go on yeah, their show. Sorry guys. Actually you probably would. Josh yeah. is here. Josh, you're in the comments, but you're not here, here. I think he's having yes. dinner, but he oh, is in the okay. comments. He said, let's go. So Josh is commenting, but he's not quite here yet. Gotcha. Um, he's making a uh, 
preemptive. Yeah, well, yeah, he's made like a grand entrance gotcha. at some point. I like so it. we got to get through. We got to get our shit together before yes. he comes on anyway. So this works out perfectly. So like I said, Josh Smith is going to be coming on. He's the presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. He's actually from here in Iowa. I he saw lives that. in Des Moines. Well, he's not from Des Moines, but he okay. lives in Des Moines. Okay. For God knows whatever reason, he oh, it's, came to it's the nice Midwest. nice place to hide. I, <laughs> I guess so, and then decide, hey, we're going to run, run for, for president. president. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so um, he will be on. He will be discuss, discussing his platform. Um, we're obviously going to grill him on yes. all the issues and try to figure out why the fuck he decided, you know what? My life is going good. I should run for president. Right? You, yes. know? you know, I mean, it just seems like... Like, are you just giving up on life when you've reached that <laughs> point? I yeah. mean, you, or, you've you've gone as far as you're going to get. Right? I guess so. Or maybe it's uh, the fact that uh, I mean, what do we got to go for? Like, what what right? like when when somebody that I would say is kind of like us, like yeah. a normal human being, decides, you know, it's gotten so bad that I'm just going to throw right. my hat in the mix because. What what's our other option? And yeah. then he looks around at all the options. He's like, "Fuck! I guess I gotta do <laughs> yep. this." You know? Yeah. I better pull up my pants and go. I don't know. Maybe Josh is just fucking crazy, and just his You'd have aspirations to be, right? are to. Uh, be but but the it's it's of good the that States. we still have people that are crazy that want to run for this office. I mean, right? I'm crazy, but I have no. No. Yes. Well, you haven't dream of running for the office. You haven't. You haven't hit that rock bottom yet, <laughs> where you're gonna be like, you know what? I'm just gonna run for Jeez. president. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. What else could go wrong? Right. <laughs> so, before we get to him, uh, we're just going to kind of uh, let you listen to us for a little bit yeah. before um, before he gets in here. Let him let him get his shit together. So, and, and, and as usually happens, you you shoot me a message and be like, so we're gonna have. Uh, so-and-so on the show. Have you heard of him? Uh, no. No. Well, yeah, he's cool. You'll like him. I, oh. I knew you hadn't ho- heard of him. I was just like, hey, um, having Josh Smith, libertarian presidential candidate. And you're like, oh, all right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I met him at a show. And you're like, that's okay. promising? I was like, he's fucking cool. He's going to be on our show. So. Well, I meant promising like if you if you met him at the show, he's got to be cool. Oh, okay. Right? I thought you were like Oh, no, I wasn't being saying. sarcastic by it. All right. But after I said that, I thought you maybe you thought that um, I was yes. being sarcastic. I, I did think you were being sarcastic. I was like, like, what a dick. What a dickhead. This guy, I mean, your standards must be a lot higher than I thought they were because um, I thought our standards were pretty low at this point. So uh, obviously before we get into the show, we have to... Let you know to check us out all over the social medias because we're on them. Yeah. We've been kind of like away from them this summer. Yeah, I think both summer. of us have collectively we been have. more away from the social medias than um, than the, is typical, typical of us. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I, this is our third summer doing this shit. Yeah. And like yeah. we, we busted our ass for two summers straight. Like yeah. I, I was working on podcasts. Like editing podcasts on vacation yeah. under like a pavilion at a campground, and then you've phoned yeah. into to podcasts from, from hotels, yeah, hotel on vacation. lobbies. <laughs> so this summer, it's just like you know what, yeah. um, I'm gonna take vacations and take some time away and stuff. Yeah. And like last week, we weren't here, just right. mostly because I didn't fucking want to do it last yeah. week. There was nothing to talk about. Right. There was there was no new news. Right. 
And I don't, Trump wasn't even arrested at, no, at, at that yet. point. No. So it was just like nothing new. Yeah. And so I text you, I was like, I got nothing to talk about. Do you? And you're like, not yet. I'm like, I'm, let's just skip this yeah. week. Yeah. And then uh, I ran into Josh for this week. I'm like, you know, that's a good thing to come back well, with. Well, that was perfect because I, we had talked. It was like, you know, I think it's time for a guest. It, it, was, like, yes. it was time for a guest. And then I just bumped into Josh. Yeah. And it worked. It's all down, down up, up downhill i don't know it's yeah. that's the rest is history all, how about yeah, that there you go I like the rest that is history i like it so we are on social media um you can find us at our handle at break the bell pod on x twitter i mean it's still twitter.com but everybody co- do you know x. when you go to like hit retweet now it doesn't even call it retweets it says repost he got oh, rid of really? like everything huh related to twitter except for the website twitter.com is the Seems only place weird. yeah it is really bizarre huh what he did there. But anyway, we are on there at the handle at Break the Bell Pod. We're also on Facebook at the same handle. We have a, um, a what's it called? A forum. A yes. forum. This the, yes. the chat thing. Yes. We need a chat room. Old we school chat need, room. Yes. Do they do those anymore? I don't, probably. They do. Fucking they do. Because I joined a, a site. Yeah, because you're in one of them. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, oh, did they do? Oh, yeah, I did. Well, well actually, I, one declined, that I, I declined. I, I declined. Oh, sure. They're like, do you want to enter the chat room? I'm like, no, I don't. So, well, sure. I'm I don't sure. got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Anyways, you can find all the shit we do at our website, which is breakthebellpod.com. That's another thing I haven't updated in a while. But we do have that website and summer, it links to all the things we do. Um, otherwise, you can buy our merch, buy our garbage, all that shit. Josh is in the waiting room now, so I'm not going to keep... I mean, I feel like I've been just kind of dragging this thing out, yeah. well, which nice is job. what I typically I do. Gonna so, um, We're going to get right into this intro video, and when we come back, we're going to get into... The real part of the show, which is obviously Josh Smith. So uh, don't go anywhere. This is going to be fun. We will be right back. What did you say? You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did he say? What did he say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What did he say? Talk to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? What do you think about when you hear it? Do you think of the founding fathers penning words that would forevermore see a nation and its people free of tyranny? Is it 4th of July barbecues and time with your family? Is it your right to peacefully speak your mind without fear of violent repercussion? Is it perhaps a republic of the represented, led by public servants who listen to the will of its people? Or is it whatever this bullshit is? We're in a downward spiral of insanity. Forever wars, inflation, constant attacks on our natural rights by the very people that campaign on protecting them. And petty tyrants around every corner looking to use the crushing weight of the federal government to strip you of your personhood for wrong thing. Enough already. 
My name is Joshua Smith, and I'm running for president of the United States of America. I'm running on a radical platform to end the wars, end the Fed, and restore some sanity to this once great nation. We are fed up with lifelong politicians who legislate policy that hurts Americans in their pocket, in their livelihood, and in their property. We need a drastic overhaul of the status quo. I am under no illusion that the powers that be will allow me into the White House. We may not win, but together, we can send a message to Washington that most of us are fed up with the constant barrage of filth they shove down our throats in D.C. We can challenge lifelong politicians for their long-held positions of power. We can make the powerful elite change their position on policy. We can be loud enough to disrupt the corporate news media and their agenda to weaken America. Together with the 61% of the population who was so fed up they didn't even cast a vote for president in 2016, we can make the changes that give us the power back. Let's take our frustrations to the ballot box in 2024 and send a message that we're ready to opt out of the status quo. Enough already. My name's Joshua Smith, and I'm running for president. I'm ready to fight back. Are you? Sweet intro, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the host of the Break the Cycle podcast, which is kind of almost the same fucking name as ours. I didn't realize that till like today. I was I like, wow. Didn't know um, that. Also, the former or ex vice chair of the Libertarian National Committee and your future president, Mr. Joshua Smith. Joshua, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing just fine, man. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Josh, uh, I got to preface this first. You've got to be the first and only presidential candidate that I will have ever ran into trying to start a circle pit in a elder emo band concert. <laughs> well, I am, in fact, an elder emo um, and a longtime punk rock fan and a longtime metalhead. And, uh, As you, should you know, be. sometimes that. Sometimes at 40, you just can't help yourself. You know, you got to go in there. And I, I, did, I woke up the next morning with a sore neck, <laughs> yes. sore back. Worth it, right? Uh, it's always oh, yeah. it's totally worth it. It was it was a great show. I mean, That's I was hurting most. just from hurt, holding the camera. I wasn't even like the one jumping around. <laughs> I was holding Dan's big ass camera over my head. And then I woke up the next day like, wow, my shoulders fucking hurt. I'm so old. And I wasn't even moshing. <laughs> it was a, it was a very big camera that Dan has. Yes. And, uh, but I had, I had to throw down for my boy, Dan, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, yep. he's up there at 35, still rocking the mic like that. I gotta give, <laughs> I gotta give some love in the crowd. Yes. And you are 40 and running for president as well as yep. up jumping around, trying to hurt yourself at the age of 40. So yeah. I, I guess my first and most important question going into your campaign is, have you done your research on the number of bedrooms they have at the White House? Because you have like <laughs> freaking 20 kids or something. Yeah. Wow. I, uh, somebody, somebody asked me this or somebody said, posted my video. Uh, they retweeted my video and they said, uh, hurry up and get Josh in the White House. He needs all the extra rooms for his kids. And I, I posted the, you know, the black guy in the yellow suit behind the tree, like rubbing his hands. Yes. Like, this is me, me, me looking at the White House, you know? Yes. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of rooms, man. We, we could definitely uh, make that work. You know, we could probably even have some more kids. No. <laughs> like you definitely need more kids. Um, so I don't know if you know the answer to this, but the answer is 16. There are 16 guest rooms at the White House. I did my research before. So they need Funny. another wing is what you're saying. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So, President, tell first, first, 
tell me a little bit about you because I don't know people who are not watching but possibly listening in the podcast land in the future. They don't know what you look like, but you don't look like a presidential candidate. You're not sure. you're not a political looking guy. I mean, you're wearing yeah. a hoodie so people can't see your full tatted sleeves and shit. And, so and by the way, this is a vote for vengeance hoodie, which is the the campaign slogan. A vote nice. for me is a vote for vengeance. So. Well, I, I was actually going to ask what your slogan was, and that is fucking yeah. perfect. So uh, just tell us a little bit about Josh Smith. Like you, you're a podcast host. You're uh, heavily involved, or at least used to be heavily involved in the Libertarian Party. I don't know what your involvement is now. Um, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This president thing is for me. Like, how, how does that happen? Who is Josh sure. Smith? Sure. So, uh, you know, prior to joining the military right after 9-11, I, I was a, uh, you know, pretty hardcore Republican, I would mm -hmm. say, in my teens. Um, and definitely a George Bush, neocon style Republican. We got to get vengeance on the people that harmed our country. Right, right. Um, and, uh, you know, I was I was uh, 17 when the towers were attacked, uh, sleeping on a garage floor at my cousin's house, basically. And I, he woke me up and he's like, hey, man, check this out. And I was like, what movie is this? You know, and he's like, it's not a movie, man. This really happened. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, and so I didn't really have much going on for me at 17. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the military to go fight these people. But I didn't really want to fight. That's why I joined the Navy instead. But little did I know that uh, within six months of joining the military, I'd be in the Persian Gulf mm -hmm. uh, fighting a war with, with Iraq, which was bizarre to me at, at the time because I'm 18. Uh, yeah, 18 at the time. Almost 19, maybe. And I'm going... What the f the hell are we doing in Iraq, dude? Like Iraq had nothing at all to do with hmm. 9/11, and you know, and we, you know, I was sitting in the Persian Gulf Jeez. when when uh, George Bush declared war on Iraq. So from the and, beginning, uh, you started questioning, like, okay, what the hell yeah, is going on here? Very, very quickly started questioning the the warfare state. I didn't know that, it, you know, I didn't know the term warfare state or military mm -hmm. industrial complex or any of this shit at the time. Um, but I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was like, man, this is kind of weird. You know, where I thought these were Pakistani national or Saudi nationals via Pakistan that attacked the towers, and you know, it was some guy up in a uh, cave in Afghanistan was, you know pulling all the strings and mm. um and of course i've come a long way since then now even about the official narrative of 9-11 i don't truly 100 percent believe mm -hmm. what they told us right um but so that was my first questioning of the of the, the government you know the, the federal government apparatus and military and um and uh you know by the time we had been in the gulf for four months or whatever i was like you know, this is, you know, people think that the des like this is all desert, and I like we were a shock and awe campaign. Like if you guys remember the shock and awe oh, campaign, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My battle group, my battle group did that. Like we were, I was on the USS Constellation, and we dropped a hundred million tons of ordnance on Baghdad, shit. and all and all I could think was like, all I could think was like, man, there's like kids that live there, yeah. and like family pets, and there's like uh people with dreams and goals and aspirations people get up and put their shoes on every morning and go to work you know what i mean and I, and it really sank in deep like thinking about that stuff and thinking about like what if this was oakland right where i'm mm. from or what if this was what if this was dallas texas or or any other you know city big city in the united states right. and it would be exactly the same thing and i'll, I'll never forget like they had these big drum rolls of of like leaflets paper leaflets that were uh written in farsi or what i think it's farsi they speak in iraq and mm -hmm. um and uh 
and they had like little cartoon drawings on them and they like they loaded these into these these bombs on the on the, the planes and they would drop them in the thousands and thousands over baghdad saying get out of your home we're going to start bombing basically mm-hmm. is what they all said something different but and i just remember going like dude we got to tell like all these normal regular people to get out of their homes because right. we're going to bomb their bomb their homes like of all things right and so um by the time we got back stateside i was just done like i was i was absolutely jaded um and, and it hit me really hard and and uh so when i got out in uh 2005 yeah 2005 or maybe end of 2004 i always forget um i was just really jaded on the direction of the country i was uh, jaded on like how many people were like perf- like pro-war everybody wanted to go to war mm. um and uh and everyone was like supporting the war in afghanistan and everybody supported this you know war on weapons of mass destruction in iraq that didn't exist um, right. And uh, and uh, so I was just like the Republican Party was leaving me because they were the party of McCain and George Bush at the time. Uh, and uh, then I found Ron Paul in 2007. Uh, I was at a bar and uh, having a drink and they had it was like a Wednesday or something. And so the TVs were on and um, it was Ron Paul speaking at an event. And he was just saying exactly how I felt. He, you know, I, I got to hear the speech, right? The, the, the very famous speech now, uh, what if that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, you know, what if the, the Chinese came over and set up shop in the middle of, of Texas, basically, um, what would we, what would we think? Right. And I started thinking like, man, we have all these bases around all these, all these countries mm-hmm. we've completely, we have completely surrounded Iran to the point of where there's no, there's no ducking out of us saying that we've been provoking war with Iran for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the same thing with Russia, you know, everybody's always talking about, you know, if, if anybody ever set up bases all ar- along our border in Canada and all along our border in Mexico, we'd be at war. Oh yeah. We'd oh, be yeah. destroying them immediately. Yeah. And so, um, I was, I was like, man, this guy's great. So I worked on Ron Paul's campaign in 2008 in California. Okay. Um, and I, and I worked hard. I, I street teamed for the guy. I tried to, you know, I tried to connect with California people about, you know, why we need to get rid of this warfare state. So I was an anti-war activist first who found okay. Ron Paul. Um, and I didn't know about the libertarian party at this point, mm-hmm. but, uh, I watched how the GOP treated Ron Paul. And it was like media blackout. Mm-hmm. They were arresting. They were arresting his delegates in places like Louisiana for trying to come into the the conventions. I mean, it was it was gnarly. They really yeah. went out of their way to throw this guy under the bus. And I was like, I can't be a part of this party anymore, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it. This this is not this party does not hold my ideals near and dear to their heart. They don't care about freedom and liberty. They are not working to roll back the state. They are not trying to shrink the state. They are not trying to end the wars. They are not trying to fight the Federal Reserve. They're not doing the things that I hold near and dear to my heart that I know are messing up the middle class, especially, right? you know, these things. And so uh, about 2010, I finally, I had just went up my separate way and, and did some uh, uh, pro-liberty think tanks and publications and stuff like that. Nothing huge at this point. Um, and then 2010, I uh, I joined the Libertarian Party for the first time because I was I, I think I heard Adam Kokesh talking about it to be honest with you, and I was like, ah, check this party out. They sound good. Their platform read really well to me. I was like, I believe in all this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, you get you get idealistic. You're like, oh yeah, these guys are gonna be big, you know. Right. Um, and so uh, so I joined. Three months in, I had been emailing the, the National Party over and over and over and over again. Hey, what can I do to help? Show me where to go. I'm this hyped up liberty activist. I just worked on one of the like most successful like uh, campaigns as far as like a presidential campaign that didn't get the the do it deserved. You know what I mean? And I was like ready to 
focus that energy somewhere. And I got completely stonewalled by the by the Libertarian Party. Really, um, really. Yeah, nobody ever reached out to me. Nobody told me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that there were state affiliates. I didn't know that there were county affiliates. I didn't know anything about that because no one ever told me. Hmm. Um, and so I stopped my donation after three months of them, and then just went back to doing my my thing. And um, in 2014, 15. We started a publication called Think Liberty, which was pretty big for a while. Um, and we we were doing some cool interviews and had a lot of really cool write-ups and podcasts and all kinds of stuff on the network. Um, and then uh, in 2015, 16, I was looking at this presidential election going, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, of all the people that we could have picked in this world, that's, that's who we go with. Right. And there was no way I was, there was no way I was gonna be a part of the shit show. So I found the Libertarian Party again. I said, well, let me see what these guys are up to. And I was living in southern Washington at the time. Uh, right across the river from Portland, Oregon. Mm. And uh, and so I joined the Washington State Party. I went to their state convention, and I basically was like the only one that showed up from the southern region of Washington. And they're like, great, you're the new region rep. And they just like <laughs> hired me on the spot to be the region rep and and start. I, I had no idea how to run a party at the time. Um, and so I went back down to southern Washington. I started building uh, county affiliates that they didn't have there. And it's hard. Let me tell you, across the river from Portland, Oregon, it's hard to be a libertarian. Oh, I it's bet. very hard oh, to be yeah. a libertarian. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, these, the, the Antifa on the waterfront, like knew my car, they used to throw eggs at me and shit. Like it's, it's a gnarly place. Um, and so, uh, and so I started building these, these local affiliates and this was around the time, you know, Gary Johnson. So I was like, I'm going to campaign for this Gary Johnson guy. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about Bill Weld at the time, or I would have never touched that campaign. I just want to be clear about that. No, um, you didn't. You're not a big Bill Weld fan. No, Bill Weld is terrible garbage. Horrible. I mean, the guy, you know, he's, we'll, we'll talk about him later, but he's, he's, <laughs> right. he's a snake. He's a snake in Liberty, uh, clothing. But anyways, mm -hmm. um, and and Gary, and for all intents and purposes, after the campaign, I found out that Gary was basically a snake too, and only ran to pay a debt to his campaign manager. Oh wow! So, um, yeah, and there's a whole there's a whole show on that uh, on Tom Woods uh, uh, by Judd Weiss. It called the Weiss Report. If you want to hear about what kind of shit Gary Johnson and Rod Nielsen were into, please look that up. So, anyways, uh, I started building these affiliates, and then I got into Nick Sarwark. You know, I, mm -hmm. I was watching this Nick Sarwark guy He's the chair of the party, and he gave this empowered like passionate speech about how your you know your tears are delicious and your party will die and i was like yes this guy's awesome he take us to the promised land three months later he's taking shots at eric july he's hmm. taking shots at tom woods he's taking shots at at uh scott horton of all people michael Jeez. bolden hmm. and i'm like okay these are this is libertarian party like libertarian mount rushmore forget mm -hmm. the party you're you're now attacking libertarian mount rushmore and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put up with that. So I, you know, I was like, we had the the publication, probably sixteen thousand daily followers and listeners, and and uh, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna get somebody to run against this asshole, right? You know? So I start calling them around, and I'm like, hey, you guys got to run for some of the bigger names. I'm not gonna name them, but some of the bigger name libertarians that I that I knew, hey, you got to run against this guy. And they're like, are you crazy? He's the most popular chair they've had in, mm -hmm. seven, in 50 years. That would be insane. He's a two-term. He's a trial lawyer. He's a huge business owner in Arizona. Like, you're crazy. And I, was, I finally was like, you know what? If these guys don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. so that's, just, that's just how I am. Like, you know, if, if I can't find anybody that's willing to take up the sword and go fight, I've always been willing to do it. Right. I may not. I may not get it done, but I'm going to try. It's not what and, you want to do. It's nobody else is yeah, going to fucking do it. Yeah, so nobody, nobody else would do it. And so I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? And this is around the time the Mises caucus was forming as well. 2017. I mean, there was no Mises caucus prior to this. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I put out an intent to run statement on think Liberty from our, from our publication thinking it wouldn't go anywhere. 
Right. Uh, and it it went, man. It flew out, and we went to 32 states in that, that year. Uh, I spoke in front of all kinds of people, thousands of people all over the country, shook hands. I actually closed down the ballroom at the, the Omaha Roads to Freedom Unconvention behind mm-hmm. Ron Paul. So it come full circle. I'm speaking behind Ron Paul, an uh, hour-long speech. I'd never given one of those before, Jeez. you know? Yeah. And uh, and uh, we lost. Um, I think I got like 13% of the vote or something like that. It wasn't very high. Um, but I did end up getting an at-large shot on the board. I, I ran for at-large at the convention when I lost the chair race. Became an at-large. I was a two-year at-large on the board with Nick Sarwark as the chair. So I got to look at him in the eye through every meeting. Um, and then uh, I ran again in 2020 and barely lost. Of course, we think there was some cheating going on with the COVID stuff. And half the convention was online. Half the convention was in person. It was really stupid. Yeah. Um, but I ended up as an at-large again. So I served another two years as an at-large. Uh, and then uh, I ran for vice chair last year uh, in 2020 or 2022. Okay. Um, and, and won my vice chair race. Um, of course, famously, anybody who knows me knows that I resigned um, uh, six or seven months ago now because I, I helped this caucus get to the uh, to the pinnacle, what we mm-hmm. wanted to do, take take over the LNC, and then I didn't feel like, <clears throat> sorry. Did your job, and uh, you're like, I got nothing. Well, I just, I felt like we weren't doing what we were supposed to do. I mean, okay. I felt like it was, I felt like, uh, you know, it was like we got to the that pinnacle and then everybody was like, all right, what now? And then there was some backstabbing going on, some snaky <laughs> stuff, some backroom <laughs> stuff that I just wasn't, I wasn't going to put up with. Right. Um, and so it was either shit all over all of my friends or walk away. <laughs> and so I did, I walked away, I resigned. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was like very jaded because I had just done you know, six years of this work traveling right. all over the country. I've been to 48 states over the last five years. Um, I, I put a lot of time up away from my family. I put a lot of time up, uh, you know, for away from jobs. Uh, in fact, in the first couple of uh, campaigns, I lost a job. I lost a couple of places to live. I was not doing well financially for a while. You know, I really sacrificed so that we could get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was really jaded when I when I resigned. And I, you know, I knew that I was not in the headspace for national leadership of the party anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was too. I was just far too jaded. And I was gonna. I was gonna shit on my friends. I really was. I was gonna start. I was gonna start going nuclear on people that I had been side by side with for a long time. And it wasn't. It just wasn't a good place for me. Um, and then, uh, you know, this presidential race, I've been watching very closely cause I was like, well, I'm just going to leave the party. I'm just going to leave the party. Who cares mm-hmm. anymore? I'm done with politics. I'm gonna go be an anarchist in the woods somewhere. <laughs> right. you know? And, um, uh, but I was like, yeah, Dave Smith's going to run, you know, I'm ready to see this Dave Smith run. Cause that's, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun oh, to watch, yeah. you know? And, and, uh, it was a couple months ago where I realized Dave's probably not running, man. You know, like, you know, the Dave's not home, man. You know, that, that's, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking in my head. Like Dave's not running, man. And um i wasn't seeing anybody else step up to the plate chase oliver of all people was like the front runner and i'm like oh no dude i can't do this i can't put all this work into this and watch it fall apart like that i built a pretty good national following everyone knows that i'm going to be bold and brave about our messaging i'm not going to take a step back from that Mm -hmm. no matter what i do in my life um and so i put together a little campaign thinking it'd be kind of like a you know, a joke to some people and a challenge, like kind of like when I ran for chair in 2018 and, uh, it's blown up, man. we got a 40 person nice. campaign team. Good. Uh, we've raised lots of money. I, I'll be on Tim pool, uh, day after tomorrow. Uh, now we're looking, now it's looking like we're going to get on uh, a PBD, maybe uh, Patrick, Beth David. I mean, we got some big stuff coming up and a lot of travel time, a lot of really great places that we're going to get to visit. I know I'm going to get to do a debate in Maine, nice. a debate wow. in Flo- Florida, a debate in South Carolina, um, and so we're, we're going to, we're going to bring it, we're going to run a really, really good campaign, whether the delegates choose me next May at, in DC, mm-hmm. we're going to run the best campaign period. See, and see, nobody's going to beat us. That was uh, that's kind of 
my question because, I mean, you kind of touched on, you didn't really get into the details of the current state of the LP, but, yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on it there and your reasoning for leaving and stuff, and we don't have to go into all that. But uh, the LP kind of has a history of uh, not nominating the person with the most traction, yeah. the person that's actually going to, like, make some make some strides. Yeah, maybe not... Uh, like your campaign video said, it's like they're they're not gonna fucking let us in. No, right. But but to make the noise, to actually make make the effort and actually like I don't know, burn the shit down as we go. Fine, but the LP has a history of not voting for that person or uh, um, nominating that person, but instead nominating somebody that is completely non-electable, completely uninteresting. I guess uh, aside from Spike as. The, the VP candidate mm -hmm. um, who's really been the the biggest interesting thing to come out of a, a Libertarian Party nomination since I don't know Ron Paul um, yeah we haven't had a great we haven't had a good and and I say this I say this tongue-in-cheek but I mean it too we haven't had a good uh, decent like unapologetic brave libertarian presidential candidate since ba Michael Badnarik in 2004 mm -hmm. and and that's that's saying a lot because, uh, yeah, we had Gary Johnson twice in 12 and 16. Uh, of course, Joe sleepy Joe Jorgensen last uh, last term. Um, uh, 2008, it was uh, uh, what is his name? The gold guy that sells gold uh, or buys gold in Vegas. I can't remember his name. I but can't think of it either. Uh, he was very he was not great. He got one percent of the vote, if Jesus. that. Um, yeah. And and that's the problem, man. Is like, look here. This is what I keep telling everybody. And it's so important that we follow this. Like, and I don't know how to beat it in anybody's head, but we're not running. We're not going to get the Republican and Democrat sycophants. Right. Bob Barr. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thomas Castor's right. It was Bob Barr. I always forget Bob's name. I, I, you know, I met Bob. He's a nice guy, but he wasn't a good presidential candidate. Yeah. Uh, arguably worse than Gary Johnson uh, as far as messaging and, and stuff. But anyway, so, um, so we're, we're not going to get these sy sycophants from the Republicans and Democrats. You're insane if you think that we're going to get the sycophants from the Republicans mm -hmm. and Democrats, man. Yeah. Like those people are hard lined. They are not taking no for an answer. They do not care what facts you present. Yeah. They are voting for Trump. Right. They are voting for Biden. Yep. Period. That's mm -hmm. it. They don't care what you bring. I can go in there and tell them I'm God, show them mir miracles, and they still wouldn't vote for me. Dude, okay. <laughs> like true. literally, I could do miracles. And they still would not vote for me. No, it's hundred percent true. It's a hundred percent true. Nobody's going to change their mind. And all these freaking back and forth bullshit banter, all the like the millions, billions that are spent on campaign ads. It's like, who are you campaigning to? Because nobody's changing right. their mind towards or well away no, from. It's not necessarily true. And this is this is what I'm going to say. Okay, um, they're campaigning to the same people that I'm campaigning to, mm -hmm. which are the forty nine percent of the population that were so fed up. Right. in 2020 that they didn't vote for a presidential candidate mm -hmm. and almost 60 percent in 2016 that Jeez. didn't vote for a presidential candidate so what i'm saying is first of all any libertarian candidate that's telling you today like mike termott likes to say we're gonna win this thing is insane mm -hmm. not just insane they're lying to you they're lying to your face and it makes people uncomfortable it mm -hmm. makes this conversation having this conversation with somebody uncomfortable not for me but for them Mm -hmm. Right. The, the 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 voter, me telling you I'm going to win this election is insane for me to tell people because they're like, no, you're not. Right. They know you're not going to win this election. They know you're not even going to get close. Why would you tell them that you're going to win an election that you know you have no chance of winning? But and this is the important thing, man. 
we do have the opportunity to get 5%. Right. 5%. No libertarian candidate since 1970 has ever gotten 5%. And let me tell you, 5% changes the political landscape in the United States of America forever. Mm-hmm. forever it will never ever be the same because here's the problem with the sycophants who do vote all the time what they're worried about with the libertarian party is they have no national major party status they have nothing to back up they've never been in these positions before but now you're a major national party mm-hmm. who gets all the same things the republicans and democrats do in these elections which right. includes getting into the debates right yeah now they have to watch me on the tv wreck these people are you kidding me <laughs> and and they're and 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 we can get into the debates now too if america does us a solid and gives us 15 percent in the polls mm-hmm. right which by the way i've 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 promised that if america does me a solid and helps me pull at 15 in any of the major big party polls i promise you i will bring a crack pipe on stage and give it to joe <laughs> biden on stage I, i'm not kidding i will do that oh my gosh but, so so here's the thing we need five percent i'm shooting for 10 i want 10 yeah. percent that's a totally attainable goal that I could tell people who are just disaffected and don't want to vote for the, the loonies. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need 10%. I would like to have 10%. Right. 5% gets us national major party status. Now, that's what you want to hear a libertarian candidate talking about. Right. Because now I'm telling you the truth. And I'm telling you the absolute truth. Here's my platform. This is what I'm going to do if you guys are crazy enough to put me in the White House. This is what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Yes, I want to turn the ATF buildings into dog parks. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yes, I want to take I want to take leftover ATF gear, auction it off to pay reparations to everybody who's had to buy an unconstitutional NFA tax stamp. Okay. Yes, Perfect. if you guys are crazy enough to put me in the White House, we're going to do that. We're going to end Title Four D of of the uh, of the the Social Security Act that is incentivized breaking up families. We're going to end the Federal Reserve. We're going to bring all our troops home. We're going to shut down military bases around the world and stop poking fingers in everybody's chest. Yes, we're going to do that stuff. If you guys are crazy enough to put me in the White House, but there's another goal: five percent of the five percent of the of the major vote of the party vote, and we are a national major party. <clears throat> what that does, it doesn't just give us national uh, major party status. That's great. That's a that's a huge benefit. You know, if they're going to give federal money to the to the Republicans and Democrats, now they have to offer it to us. If they're mm-hmm. going to put us in debates, now they have to offer it to us. Great. All good stuff. Now there's another option up there to, to rail these people because I'm telling you, if they put me in the debates with Joe Biden and, and, and Trump, those guys are done, right? But what, what it also does is your favorite candidate, and this is what I tell Republicans and Democrat voters, your favorite candidate feels so comfortable in their position. <coughs> Sorry. I had COVID a while back and I'm still getting the shit good. out of my lungs. And so um, now your favorite party politicians are going to see the sharks in the water, right? Mm-hmm. There's this young 40-year-old guy that just got 10% of the vote in the presidential election that is a blue-collar, working-class guy with a family, and now he's coming for our jobs. So now what we have to do is we have to govern like we campaign, mm-hmm. right? And that's so important to, to hold your, account, your, your, your representatives accountable. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is give the third-party candidate 5% of the vote. It changes everything forever. Why not do that? This yeah. is an easy goal. This is an easy goal. Gary Johnson got 3.3% in 2016. Gary Johnson, sleepy, boring, stoned out of his mind. Jeez. Gary Johnson, who looked like Towley from South Park, okay, <laughs> got 3.3%. You think I can't go out there and fire these people up, this young like generation of people that are fired up and hate the government. You yeah. think I can't fire them up to go down to the ballot box for five minutes and drop a Joshua Smith vote in there? Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, I can. And we're gonna. 
and we're going to do it. And we're going to make those politicians scared for their jobs. And it's going to be the first time they've ever been truly scared of for their jobs. And things are going to change. And they might actually have to do their fucking job. Is that what you're saying? Yes, they're going to have to. Or, or, or America's going to know there's another option finally because we are now a national major party. We don't have to fight for ballot access. We don't have to spend millions of dollars fighting for ballot access in 10 different states every four years. You know what I mean? Like we're, right. we're done. All of our candidates can put an L next to their name on the ballot. Maybe we even get some straight party voters eventually. You know what I mean? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's on. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to be the guy that does that. If they nominate me in May of next year, I mean that. I guaranteed I'm going to be that guy. Yeah. Now, as far as back to the LP for just a second, as far as like I was saying, their history of nominating non-electable candidates. Um, when you come out and publicly say, because I mean, what what candidate comes out and says, no, we're probably not going to fucking win. There's, there's no way in hell we're going to win. Um, do you see elements of the libertarian party using that against you when it comes to nomination time it's like why why should we nominate this guy he doesn't even expect to win when they know exactly what you're saying is absolutely sure. true they know mm -hmm. it but do they use something like that against you um, the, the only people that are going to use that against me are the same people that are going to use anything they possibly can against me not to vote for me that's mm -hmm. that's that's their prerogative they're allowed to do that but right. they know in their hearts of heart of hearts that i'm right about both of those things all of those things that i just mm -hmm. said they know that i'm right um, and you know what? The people at large are the people who are we're, we're really worried about. Look, I get it. Twelve hundred people pick our nominee, okay? Mm -hmm. But those twelve hundred people need to walk into that convention realizing that the person they need to pick is the one that is going to get them the most outside of the party votes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Period. Yeah, that's the person you need to pick, not the person that you like the best, not the person that you know what I mean. Like, sure, yeah. make sure they have policies that you can agree with. I uh -huh. get that. Yeah, but not, it's not a. It's not a popular contest for you it's not like who's my best friend up there it's like dude who's gonna go out there and do the work and fight and scratch tooth and nail to to try and get into the debates first of all and also to make sure that we have ballot access because that's the other thing the presidential candidate is gonna have to go out and fight for ballot access in several states this year right because mm -hmm. the, the lnc doesn't have the funds to do it you know what i mean right so that's where that's where i'm at like you got to understand i'm not gonna go out there and lie to people because they don't want to vote for you when you lie to them dude they right. don't. And that's that's those 49 percent of the people that didn't vote for a presidential candidate last last election. They're not voting because they're tired of being lied to, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and we could change that. Yeah. Um, so I, I know you don't have a ton of time, so I want to uh, want to hit on. I want to dig a little bit into some of your um, I guess your your stances and and on certain topics on the issues, I guess you call them, because uh, the Hill. TheHill.com says these are topics to watch for in presidential debates. So I want to hear kind of um, your your take on some of these issues. And, and you've kind of hit on some of them here and there. But uh, like number one, they said is the economy and taxes like Biden's economy. Biden thinks his economy is fucking flourishing. He says yeah, it. He's, he says he also, it, he's, he's sundowning, bro. He's, he's literally <laughs> very clearly got dementia. And then uh, uh, Trump said the same thing at the end of his, <laughs> even though we are in COVID lockdowns. Right. Um, but so talk to me about uh, I mean, banks are nearly collapsing this year. I mean, that many, happened like twice. Many, many banks, many banks did collapse. Some of, and the two big to fail banks are on the verge of collapsing. Talk to me about the economy and taxes. And like, what is your stance? Like, where would you go if you were elected? Yes, sure. Quick as so, you can. 
So the, the economy is in shambles, and uh, anybody who's not in the highest class in this in this country knows that. We all feel it, especially mm. the middle class. And I, I talked about this. I talk about this in several aspects of my platform: the foreign uh, the foreign welfare the par- parasite platform. Um, I also talk about it in my tax my my tax plan. I also talk about it in uh, maybe my foreign intervention plan a little mm-hmm. bit as well. And then, of course, I have a corporate welfare plank as well, mm-hmm. um, because you know I don't think libertarians talk about corporate welfare enough. And this is something that does harm us. You know, when we're right. taking and and I want to talk about the, the the especially the foreign parasite dependence when it comes to you know foreign welfare. Um, you know, we send over fifty billion dollars to over two hundred countries every Jesus. year. Yeah. Every single year. Now, now preface that with 12% of Americans in the United States are having a hard time putting food on the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. The middle class is not doing much better to, to some of these people. 20 bucks a week is a life changer. Yeah. Right. And we're sending money to Israel and Pakistan for gender studies. And like, why? Yeah. What is the, you know, well, some people will be like, oh, well, it's, you know, we're trying to be their friend. No, this is American taxpayer money. Right. This is money that is being extracted from your labor, stolen without your consent and sent to other countries. That How does that make sense to anybody at all? So I talked about, I want to end the income tax right away. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that is a life changer for everybody. Oh, in absolutely. So like, get rid of the income down the tax. IRS. So we will. I would eventually abolish the IRS as well, but that's not something. So we we talked about this quite a bit, and, and Vivek has been talking about this too. The president doesn't actually have the power to to get rid of this some of these bureaucracies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But he does have the power to create mass layoffs. In gotcha. fact, thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Um, so that's kind of my plan for some of these bureaucracies, like the ATF, especially. We're just you guys are all going to go home. We're going to sell <laughs> off your gear and then bulldoze the building, and we're going to turn them into dog parks. I mean that we need dog um, parks. But, but I want to get rid of the income tax, abolish the income tax. I think the president can do that. Of course, Congress can take me to task, and we can fight it in the in in the court. Um, but uh, I want to get rid of that. That's the you know, payroll taxes, uh, capital gains tax, and estate tax. That's what the income taxes are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and n- n- nowhere in America should people be having to pay for stuff that they don't use. And so we're gonna. I would like to look like. Listen, if the federal government is going to exist, they need to exist on a series of user fees and crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's like, if you're an American who doesn't need anything from the government, you shouldn't be paying for anything from mm-hmm. the government. Yeah. Period. Um, and so, you know, I, here I look at it this way. Once we close the bases, we start bringing people home, right? We start getting them here at, in, in America, getting them reintegrated with their families, maybe a more uh, aggressive mental health care for some of the people that have really been messed up by this stuff. Um, what what we can do is uh, we can start asking people like, hey, if you'd like to have a robust national defense military, we would uh, really appreciate it if you guys would throw 10 bucks a month at us because it's all it's going to take if we're all home. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 10 bucks a month. And I, I guarantee you that there's a large portion of patriotic Americans who are going to be like, hell yeah, I'll pay $10 a month to keep my national security. Hell yeah. I'm mm-hmm. sure of it. And then user fees. People use things from the federal government. And, and I don't mean fines for doing things that are outside of government's rules. I mean user fees. If there's something that you're using from the federal government, like if the if we continue to hold on to some of the national parks for a while while we sundown that stuff and, and people pay five bucks to spend all day at the national park, that's fine. It's right. a user fee, right? right. It's, not a, it's, it's not something where we're like, hey, you're going to give us your money or you're going to go to jail. It's like a user fee. So user fees, crowdfund, get rid of the income tax entirely. Burn the federal bill. I mean, the the, the federal uh, um, the, the Fed, right? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. done with the Federal Reserve. Uh, and and I'm sure there's, you know, uh, and I'm working with some other great economists that are working on these plans, uh, but there is a sundowning period for the Federal Reserve so we don't just kill everybody, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's but, probably uh, fair. I guess. There's a lot of there's a lot of really great plans uh, for getting rid of the Federal Reserve. You know, we could go back to uh, uh, precious metals. We could get ourselves off the OPEC dollar and start working towards a nuclear dollar, a kilowatt dollar. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of different things we can do. Um, but the, the Fed has created so many of the problems that we see today, including the constant warfare. We're basically printing money out of thin air to, to fund these never ending wars. Um, you know, we, they're, they're setting these crazy, insane interest rates that are killing the middle class. Uh, they just continue to, to, to do all these things that make everybody's life harder. And there's no point for them to exist. They're un, an unelected bureaucratic board that sets monetary policy for Americans all over the country. Like that's sure. insane. It's, it's never should have, it never, it was never meant to exist for like, like that. And it was really just a group of rich, elite, powerful people that were like, we're going to control all the money in the United States. And mm-hmm. it's been like that ever since, since right. 1913. So that's got to go. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the the root cause of almost all of our problems. Now it's really hard to talk about the federal reserve with normal people. I don't oh, know yeah. if you know that. Oh, I don't absolutely. Know if you know that, but most people are like, who gives a shit what you have to say about the Federal Reserve? What's the Federal Reserve? That's why I like to try try to talk about the income tax and the warfare state and how this mm-hmm. is creating these problems. And then once they're through that, and I'm like, oh, and by the way, the Federal Reserve is the reason that this is all happening. Right. right. It gives them kind of a good segue. But um, so yeah, the the economy is doing absolutely terrible. Absolutely, everybody is feeling the the pressure. I don't care, you know, if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year or less in America right now. You're feeling the pressure. I know it. I'm a I'm a father of seven, who mm-hmm. take who you know is, is financially uh, responsible for eight people, nine people, including myself. It's it's hard. It's a hard squeeze right now, and I I get it. And it, the only way it's gonna get better is if we start pushing back on the Uniparty to to make them right. understand that we're not gonna take it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'd seen a a post the other day. It said something like, "This person had gone back to their shopping cart, like Amazon or Walmart or something cart." and checked the price of everything that they had paid at that time, then went and added all that shit to their cart today. And it was like, I think it had gone up like 115% since 2020, 2019, yeah. 2020. I'm like, 119%? What's what's all this talk about the economy just flourishing? And I, I don't know about you, but my job hasn't increased my pay. My income hasn't gone up 119% to to subsidize that so um what's i where's all this freaking talk about the economy just oh, just being joe, so... joe biden's economy got better oh joe biden okay gotcha bidenomics dude bidenomics <laughs> no that every president says the economy is doing uh-huh, great under right. them. i don't know if you've known if you know this but um every single president in history has at one point said the economy is doing much better under us oh, of they course don't care <laughs> I they mean, don't yeah. give a shit no no, because no, like you were saying, the people at the top, they don't feel the pressure of it. They're the only ones that think this economy is doing great because they're making all the fucking money out of it. Yeah. Right. Uh, especially- well, that's, and, and, and that's why that's why I think I'm going to be good at this. That's why I think that this campaign is going to be good because we're I'm a blue collar, working class, middle class guy, man. Right. Like I've, I've felt the squeeze with everybody. I'm going in. I'm going in to fight for us, man. This ain't for yeah. just me. You know what I mean? This is for everybody that's getting screwed over by the government daily. Like this is this is for all of us. This campaign mm-hmm. is a movement. It's not a, a help me get rich quick scheme. It is 
this is a movement and I'm leading this movement to DC to let them know that there's a lot of people that are, are fed up and we're right. done. And that's, that's what yeah. this, that's what this is about. That's what the vote for vengeance is about. You know, it, it's the COVID stuff. It's the never ending wars. Mm. It's the, the economy, the federal reserve title four D splitting up the fa the nuclear family, the education system, all the shit that's hurting us every day. I'm leading the charge. I'm leading the movement to DC to tell them that we're done. Right. And that's what this campaign is. Sure. It is a vote for vengeance, sir. I like it. I love it. Yep. Um, I, I guess one more of the issues, and you can touch on it, because you touched on foreign policy. You said bring all, all of them home. Yeah, uh, we're bringing them all home. Yep. Stop the fucking um, never-ending wars. Um, you talk kind of about the national budget. That kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the economy. Uh, what about the energy environment, like global warming? That is a hot topic these days. Yeah, I'm not so I and it, I you know I may depress some people, but I'm just not a climate alarmist. Like I'm, I know that climate changes, um, you know, through history, and this isn't any different than those times. Mm -hmm. uh, but I will say this, and and this is something that the lefties cannot argue with me about. Okay, the federal government gives uh, grants and and uh, contracts to to companies like General Electric, right, like GE. And, and they're the only people that are allowed to go out and make these green technologies for, for the government, right? As, mm -hmm. as opposed to us opening the market and letting people compete, you know? Um, and so, you know, I, I obviously under me, we would have a much more consumer driven market, which I think is, is the most important thing, um, that, that we can do economically as a, as a nation is to start realizing that the market is driven by consumers, which some people call it a free market, and I've called I've called it the free market for many, 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 many years. Mm -hmm. um, but I've realized that that it's much easier to talk to somebody who gets shut down as soon as you say free market by saying consumer driven market. It's mm -hmm. just kind of a play on words, but it's the same thing. Um, you know, if you're so worried about the, the the climate and energy, right? Then you continuing to put your faith in governments that have locked down the energy uh, uh, creation is not helping right. at all. At all, you're they're giving these big multi-billion dollar contracts to companies like GE. GE does not have to compete to make a superior product, a cheaper product. They don't have to treat their employees better. Um, now, what you do when you open it up to a consumer-driven market, you go out and you say, "Hey, here's what we're doing. All you small businesses, whoever comes up with the best green tech wins. Yeah, that's right. it. Whoever's got the best green tech at the cheapest prices and is the best to their employees and and has the best reviews wins." Right now, 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 if we're going to institute a national grid of some sort, you know, which in my opinion should be uh, nuclear, right? I mm -hmm. think that we should have. Right. And I've talked with some, uh, another wonderful economist who knows a lot about nuclear and his name's Morgan. We've been working uh, in my, my policy team. Um, you can take 40 gen three reactors and power the entire country. Hmm. And they're, they're small, they're super really? safe. Yes, they already have they already have uh, 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 a way to burn the waste, so it's not hazardous to everybody. Um, and the cool thing about this, and we talked a little bit about this, getting off the OPEC dollar and going to what he calls the the kilowatt dollar. Mm -hmm. And and I'm getting I'm getting this down to a science better now. Uh, but what, essentially, what it what what it does first of all, our energy is going to go become pennies on the dollar. Mm -hmm. The price the price of energy is going to be pennies on the dollar. But now we're exporting energy to other countries through battery battery so you know we 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 set up a contract with a, uh, another country hey we'll put in these battery banks for you every so often we'll bring the batteries you know we'll store our nuclear power you'll run off this nuclear nuclear power and now our dollar is backed by the kilowatt dollar yeah. mm -hmm. and, it, and it goes a lot deeper than this so we can spend like 
three or four hours probably talking about this and right. i'd love to have morgan with me to talk about it but um mm -hmm. uh so now we're off the opec dollar which is ridiculous anyways i uh -huh. mean we all know that the the petrodollar is is crap yeah um and fading fast very fast um now now we're exporting the energy to other countries right which is totally within libertarian sphere even if even even if it's the private market doing it or the government i mean as long as people it's helping the people whatever you know mm -hmm. um and we're running our country for pennies on the dollar, our, our very safe, clean energy from nuclear power. Um, and uh, now we got companies that are competing for better green tech. And and whoever whoever gets the best one wins. I mean, that's that's what yeah. the competition is all about, right? Absolutely. It's not about what who government, you know, when the government's picking and choosing the kings, right? Mm -hmm. They're playing kingmaker. Yeah. Nobody right. wins. No. And those companies so, usually go bankrupt. Yeah. And, yeah. And <laughs> when they do, we bail them out yeah, with American right. taxpayer money. Well, that that and the people that um, like negotiate those contracts with them or approve those contracts end up like turning around the revolving door and going back and being like getting a high paying uh, CEO job at those same fucking companies right. Right. that or some lobbying job for that company. So, I mean, the it's whole revolving door. revolving door aspect of it, if you if you got rid of that whole shit, um, that would fix a lot of it, too. Just like, hey, um, if if you were part of the policy that wrote this contract for X corporation, you are not allowed to go be the CEO right. or make a billion dollars at that corporation in four years from now, because I mean, that's obvious. That's a clear conflict of interest. Right. And here's, here's something that the lefties will like a lot. The lefties who watch my campaign, because there's a lot of stuff they're not going to like, especially my, my stuff on trans children and probably designating the SPLC and ADL as a hate groups. They're probably not going to like that very much either, but <laughs> they will like this. I, I have this corporate welfare plank in there that basically says, these big giant corporations that are getting bailed out constantly by taxpayer money are constantly telling us that we need to pick ourselves up by the bootstraps. And it's time for them to understand what that means by yeah. no more bailouts. Yes. Period. Absolutely. Period. No more. Zero like, more. No more bailouts at all. Like, yeah, it's it's going to hurt our economy if one of those, if just one of those mega corporations fails. It's going to hurt. But that, I mean, those are necessary pains right. to yep. make this economy, turn it back into like a natural natural economy like the supply and demand economy versus this uh, artificially inflated economy that's mm -hmm. propped up by a government that bails this shit out and keeps the prices at x amount of dollars versus hey uh, let's just let losers lose right. and let the winners what, win and it will suck for a little bit but what what is the uh what is the interest rate set to right now i haven't looked at it up i haven't looked at it while. i think it's like uh i think like 7.6 7 7.6 7 or something right yeah, yeah. And they're telling us that this, it's going to hurt for a while, right? Yeah, right. It's going to hurt for a while. 7.6 is going to hurt people for a while. People are losing their homes. People can hardly afford to eat, right? But on the same side of their mouth, they'll tell you that one of these mega corporations failing yeah. is going to hurt the economy so bad that it'll right. never come back. Right. That's bullshit. Right. That's yeah. bullshit. Absolute bullshit. The, 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 the interest rates are hurting people now more than they ever have, mm -hmm. and it's not bringing inflation down like they told us it would. Mm -hmm. yeah. They said it's a necessary evil to bring down inflation. Right. No, it's not, and it's not working. But I'll tell you that letting this mega corporation, while there may be some blood for a while, letting them fail in the long run is going to help way more Americans than raising the, the interest rate on them yeah. from oh, the unelected bureaucratic board that none of us want. Right. Mm -hmm. So no, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my my final question on the issues is most important question is what does Josh Smith do about Maui on fire? Because uh, <sighs> Joe Biden is handling that so well with his <laughs> his jokes about how hot the ground is there. Right. 
Yeah. Well, I'll tell you my my gut instinct is that this was done purposely. I uh, agree. We had a whole episode about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, people people will probably be like, "Oh, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist," and my answer to that is yes, yes I absolutely, absolutely am. But I, I'll tell you what: at some point, when your conspiracy theories continue to come true, you don't care what you call me anymore, you right. know. Um, and uh, you know the the handling of this, the way they were blocking uh, residents from getting out, mm-hmm. um, the the uh, the way the fire patterns burned, um, the way that you know just months prior some of these big places like black rock and stuff were like trying to get in there and buy these properties. Right. Um, you know, the fact that the mayor of the city was just a freaking keynote speaker at event two, what is it? Two thirty mm-hmm. or whatever. He was literally the keynote speaker there. Jeez. The mayor. Yeah. Wow. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's very clear to me. And, and, and it's so crazy because some of these things are so in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, because they they know how many stupid people will just call you a conspiracy theorist for bringing it up. Oh yeah. Because we've we've let ourselves become so consumed with like fake media yeah. that that we don't care anymore, and that sucks for people that are going through this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, Oprah and Hillary and all these people were definitely watching that fire, going, "Yep, I'm gonna get some prime oceanfront realty." Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you had you had corporations calling these people as they're digging for their dead loved ones, saying, right. "Hey, you want to you want to sell this to us? Pennies on the dollar." It's like, no. I, clearly, yeah. there. If it wasn't intentional, there was clearly the uh, uh, the whole uh, Obama mantra of never let a good crisis right. go, go to, to waste. waste. Because, yeah. well, um, and I, I think as a president, we had you know, if I was to, if like I said, if you guys were crazy enough to put me in the White House, mm-hmm. and I'm bringing all my kids with me. <laughs> um and and listen i i am also under no uh, uh illusion that should should i make it into the white house the cia is going to let me exist for much longer right um but i won't be taking any scrolls down any uh, uh streets in dallas with a with a convertible car <laughs> no anytime soon after that um but I, I will say that uh uh you know we have the right as a president to force an investigation on things Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're the commander in chief and you have that access and you have mm-hmm. that right. And you can, you can hand down orders to all kinds of people that says, Hey, you need to go and investigate this. And we're going to release what's actually happened right. to the public. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're going to recomp, you know, if it's found that the government had something to do with that, we're going to take care of that period. Right. Um, because it's disgusting what happened there. Uh, it's very clear that even if it wasn't purpose, like you said, purposeful, it was handled in such a way that it harmed a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and uh, and as president, I would make sure that they they got some retribution for that. They would have to, you know. And so, um, I definitely wouldn't be falling asleep at their uh, their talks oh, in, in Maui. God. That's for sure. Uh, I definitely be I definitely be there standing with uh, with the people of Maui and letting them know that you know the, this federal government is is a federal government that cares now. Um, mm-hmm. And should a federal government exist, the most important function of those uh, that federal government is is uh, protection of rights. Um, right. and, uh, I feel like there's been some rights violated there. So now you did have the, the governor of Hawaii, he did come out and promise them that their costs weren't going to go up because the government was going to buy up the property and pretty much let them yeah. live there cheaply. Right. So, sure. so we got uh-huh. that promising thing there yeah. going on. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> right. I, I will, when I just want everybody that believes that that's, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I want you to take this down right now. And uh, and uh, 
cut this, save it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when when you find out that that's not what happened, I want to make sure that I can come back and tell you that I told you so. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> um, I got a comment from th uh, Thomas says, as a president, do you promise to stay strapped? I stay strapped now, buddy. All the time. <laughs> so so you're going to continue yeah. that tradition. I mean, you have yeah, to. I'm, I, and I'm going to, and, and you know, my, my, my gun platform, should you guys put me in there, of course, is abolish the ATF, mm -hmm. uh, ban the NIC, uh, NCIS, uh, NICS, right the uh the background checks right because all it does is let uh these thugs in chicago go out and legally buy or illegally buy switches for their 50 round mags on their glocks and i can't get it. i can't get it yeah, you know right. what i mean um i can't get it legally mm -hmm. uh and so um that's all it does and then i want to ban uh get rid of the uh 1993 uh three school gun ban mm -hmm. um so that administrators and people can protect our children our most important kids mm -hmm. uh our most important citizens um of course i want to do away with the nfa entirely like i said when we ban the atf we'll sell off property uh we'll auction off property to great law-abiding americans and we will uh we will uh turn around and use that money to pay reparations to everybody who's had to unconstitutionally buy an nfa tax stamp for uh, a, a piece of property that the government had no say in mm -hmm. um and uh what else is in there um oh i want to issue a national reciprocity slash uh constitutional carry and I think that we can we can get that done with an executive order, I believe. So, I mean, look at all the shit that Joe Biden's trying to do against, like, owning guns as yeah. freaking uh, yeah. executive orders. I mean that that should be that should already be a thing. Like, if you if you can legally carry in this state, why the fuck can't you? Why can't I go? across the river to illinois and carry a gun when i i went through all the i had this conversation the other day in illinois actually when i was there you had it with me <laughs> i think pretty sure. <laughs> maybe you and several other people i said you know one time we drove from from iowa i live in iowa we drove from iowa to to indiana for the uh spring game for for notre dame because my uh my nephew-in-law is a tight end on notre dame mm -hmm. six six foot eight 260 pound Jesus. monster by the way nice. at, at 19 shit. years old yeah absolute monster he'll be your um, bodyguard he'll be your secret service <laughs> yeah he, and he's the nicest kid like seriously uh one of the very nicest greatest best well-behaved well-mannered kids i've ever met in my my entire life uh eli rared and is his name is great kid uh watch for him this year he's uh, number 19 on all the, right on the, definitely um but we drove you know i stay strapped i i keep a gun on me on my hip or really close to me all times. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, it's like, it's funny because I'm in Iowa, which is a constitutional carry state. I don't have to tell the government that I'm carrying a gun. I don't have to, we don't register right. in Iowa. Right. Like, right. you don't even have to register here in Iowa. And so I carry my gun and we're driving and then we're in Illinois and I'm committing a felony. Mm -hmm. And then we're back in Indiana and I'm no longer committing a felony. Yeah. And it's just the most bizarre shit. Right. Like, can you guys quit, quit embarrassing us <laughs> for like five <laughs> minutes in the Midwest? Right. right. I, it's ridiculous. So, but I do want to say this, because uh, I, I think this is a really important part of my platform that um, sometimes gets looked over. And I'm also, this is like a cornerstone for me um, because it, it addresses so many other issues as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm not going to capitulate on um, the, the right of Americans to, to own and possess firearms. I'm not going to capitulate on that whatsoever. And people are like, well, what about violent felons? And I'm like, I'm like, have they served their time? Is mm -hmm. there like a, a maybe right. we can come up with a, a a timeline of no other crimes committed? But you know, if they paid their penance, they should have the same right as everybody else to protect themselves and their family and their right. homes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
But the big question is always like mass shootings, right? Mm -hmm. It's always mad. It always comes back to these mass shootings, which is such a small, small percentage of gun deaths every yeah. year, right? It's like the small, one of the smallest percentage. In fact, suicide's the highest per percentage, and they always lump that in with all the other gun deaths right, to right. try and bolster the the numbers, right? But so, so here's the thing: I want to abolish Title Four D of the of the uh, Social Security Act. Okay. Now, this is something that I have never in my life heard a president talk about before, but it's something that the president has every, absolutely every right to take away, as Gerald Ford did when he signed it into law in 1975. Mm -hmm. Okay, Title 4D of the Social Security Act states that for every $2 a state spends on child support programs, the federal government gives them $3 in return. What? Mm. Yes. And nobody, no presidential candidate has ever talked about this. And since that inception of that act of the Social Security Act, that title of the Social Security Act in 1975, when it was signed into law by Gerald Ford, we have seen fatherless homes increase over fourfold. Mm -hmm. one, in four, one in four children lives in a fatherless home. Mm -hmm. Okay, We have seen violent crime increase tenfold. All right since 1975. Drug use has increased tenfold since 1975. Uh, homeless and runaway youth has increased tenfold since 1975. And let me, get, let me give you some of these statistics because this is where it really gets crazy, okay? 72% of all incarcerated youth violent offenders in the United States come from a fatherless home. Jeez. 82% of all homeless and runaway youth come from a fatherless home. Mm -hmm. Now here's what's gonna get really crazy. 92%, 92% of mass shooters come from a, a fatherless home. Holy shit. 92%. Those numbers are so high that there is no way at all that you can just say that they don't correlate. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And and since 1975, we've watched them increase. I, oh, and also I think there's an 80-something uh, percent of, of, of uh, high school dropouts fatherless mm -hmm. homes yeah now you're gonna try and convince me you're gonna try and convince me that this is a one in four fathers problem it's like one in four fathers are bad right no. right right you'll never i know i know fathers i am a father and <laughs> and i've been dragged through the 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 criminal family law court already and i know how they operate and mm -hmm. i'm not a bad dad mm -hmm. and i know that a lot of my friends that are men and and a couple women too it does happen to women but it's like 92.3 percent of the time this happens to the men you're you walk into court and they have to treat one of you like a visitor and mm -hmm. one of you as the custodian, right? right? That way they can they can force money from one of you mm -hmm. and get their reimbursement to pay their judges because that's what a lot of that money pays, judges and people who work in the courts. Right. Okay. They get that two, they get that that three dollar kickback for every two dollars spent. Mm -hmm. And and they've incentivized separating families and not equal co-parenting and yeah. not peaceful co-parenting they've completely taken that whole situation away from children yes. right okay? yes um and so when when these you know mom demand these moms demand action type come at me and start going hey you want to you want people to die by guns and i go no i want people to stop dying by guns and i want you guys you moms who continue to dr drag dads through the family law system mm -hmm. and destroy the family unit and it, you know, and I'm and I'm not saying all of them because there's a lot of listen. There's probably a lot of bad dads that are violent right. or whatever and don't need to be around kids. I get that, but the majority are good dads that just want to be a parent to their child. Mm -hmm. And you're taking that away from your child by using the court system, who's getting a kickback, and we're creating the most violent generation in the mm -hmm. history of the United States. Absolutely. So it's not my fault. It's your fault. 
Right. Right. And that's and I'm never going to capitulate to the moms, the man action people. I want them to understand that taking the the peaceful co-parenting, equal po- uh, parenting time away from your child is hurting your child far more, far more than them learning how to shoot a gun ever mm-hmm. will yeah. ever. Right. So real quick, like I, I've kind of gone back and forth with people about this, but explain how the social security system and that whole situation and lame, like for dummies, how does that incentivize like single parent homes and like the, the, the separation of families and shit? Well, so it's just the title, just the title 4D act. I mean, there's so much more that we can chip away at in uh-huh. social security and, you know, really the social security act, um, is like a giant Ponzi scheme. Yeah, We're basically right. paying the older generations to, to retire right. and there's no money left in that, that fund every year. We're, we're constantly filling it up and the government's spending it on other things too, not just mm-hmm. retirement for the old folks. Mm-hmm. And so there's got to be a better way there too. Right. Trust me. Yeah. That's it. Can't be like this anymore. Mm-hmm. The government but likes I will to have say, their kitty though to pull from. Right. Of course. But but I will. I'll say this. Title Four D, which was added in 1975 by President Shitty Gerald Ford, mm-hmm. um, it incentivizes the state to get involved. Okay. In your in your family's life because they get like I said for every two dollars they spend on a child support program and I mean the program everything enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, garnishments, uh, court dates, every $2 they spend as a state, they get $3 back. So and they're, that extra- so they're oh. more, more likely to push like, uh, a child support to. situation versus, Hey, can we just reconcile this shit? Listen, um, listen, if you're, if you ever, if you ever meet my, my wife, for instance, has a kid with another man mm-hmm. and. Um, my, I was just talking to my boss at work about this today and he took in his two, uh, nephews, right? He took in two nephews that were his sisters and she was off doing her thing. And, um, and he, he took them in and the state called him and said, Hey, we need you to fill out these child support papers. Mm -hmm. And he goes, and he said, no, I'm not, I don't need to go after her for child support. We can take care of him just fine. I have plenty of money. It's no, no need. They're like, by law, you have to fill out these papers for child support so that we can collect child support because Every two dollars that they collect, they get three dollars back from the federal government. That's such bullshit. So it's incentivized separation of family. It's incentivized mm-hmm. the court. The craziest thing is it's incentivized the court to treat one of the parents like a visitor in their child's life. Yeah. And no parent is a visitor in their child's life. Yeah. That's just not how this works. Both parents are very, very equally responsible and equally important to the to the um, development of a child. Mm-hmm. And the court has taken that away. Oh, because yeah. uh, because of incentive, incentives of, of money. So we need to cut that off because then the court's not going to be like, well, we can't spend all this money on these programs anymore. You guys are going to have to start figuring out how to peacefully co-parent. Right. You know what I mean? And if you can't stay together for the kid, then you need to start peaceful, peacefully co-parenting. You should see the... I, 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 can't, I, I don't want to pull the stat out of my butt, but 1975 to now, the increase in divorces are oh, insane. Oh, through the roof. Yeah. Yeah. Insane that and if you think about like welfare and stuff like that i don't mm-hmm. think that helps because you hear about especially like uh the 90s and stuff how people like it was it was more beneficial for couples to just split their separate ways and receive those welfare mm-hmm. benefits yeah. rather than stay together i mean lots of inner city uh um black homes that's the reason that's a big reason why a lot of well, there's a lot keep, of fatherless keep this in pri- uh, keep this in 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 mind too when a woman separates from a man and the man is treated like the visitor and has to pay, you know, X amount of child support. Right. Every, it, when the woman goes on welfare and food stamps, <coughs> they add that in as a collection. 
Okay. So if the state's paying that, they're they're saying they're spending that on child support programs. So for every you know two dollars they're spending on the the welfare, the welfare and wow. and the 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 food stamps, the federal government is giving them three dollars back as well. It's all cons- it's all considered part of the same program. So that's why if if you separate with the, your wife and she goes on welfare, they're gonna get their money from you, dude. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. coming to get that money from you, no matter what. Even if she doesn't sign anything, she was on public assistance. You're supposed to be taking care of her. You'll be paying every dollar of public assistance that she gets Jesus. back. So you're paying that money to the government, right, to the state, mm-hmm. while the federal government's also giving them three dollars for every two dollars that, that that you've spent now, right? Yeah. So they're getting all the money. They're getting all of it. It's all going to them. So it's and a- and and it's an incentive to to you know destroy the nuclear family. It's a really terrible yeah. program, and I don't know why it wasn't ever instituted. And I'll tell you this: what's really crazy, I've never heard another presidential candidate talk about this. No. When, it, when the president has all the power to, to to do away with this, until six weeks ago, I put out this platform, mm-hmm. and then I had never even heard Vivek talk about this. And then Vivek got up on the on the uh, Republican national debate stage and started talking about about it straight from my platform dude it was <laughs> crazy course. and he did just get interviewed by clint i know he runs in some of the same circles some other uh, podcasters i know that have had me on he's been on their show um i'm sure that he saw that because i was like tweeting at him and stuff uh-huh i'm sure he saw it and he brought it out of his butt out of the middle out of the middle of the debate randomly and yeah. and talked about how it's destroying the nuclear family we're incentivizing the, the states to ruin the nuclear family and i was like you know i'm not mad I'm not mad. I would have liked a, a, an attribute to it, but yeah, no, I'm sure. not mad because if we can push, if we can force that into the national conversation, right. that's great. That's I mean, great. Well, wasn't yeah. that like one of the mission statements of uh, Black Lives Matter when we were doing our show on them? That was to was like break disrupt, down. break down the nuclear family. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it was like yeah. tear down the nuclear mm-hmm. family. That was like number three on their like, yeah. <laughs> list of things. Um, so, I mean, and that we could go way off topic oh, yeah, on right, that right, right. too and how that was just a big fucking hoax yeah. um you're probably ready to get out of here you said you had at most an I hour got, so i do so, gotta put like seven kids to bed so. yes so i don't want to keep you too long from them so i'm going to i every time we start a new sentence uh, it's just going to open up another 20 minutes right. of and that's just going to intrigue us more for 20 more minutes so um I, i'm going to let you get out of here i do want you to give us your your closing statement for this, as you were on a debate stage, just like uh, two sentences or three sentences, whatever, your your closing pitch for Josh Smith for president. Sure. And I think I, I think I mainly gave it in the, in the middle already. But it's, uh, you know, look, I'm a blue collar, working class American who's been through the plight of so many Americans, millions and millions of Americans. I've been through the family law system. I, I've been through layoffs. I've been through lost homes. I've done all this stuff. And a lot of it has to do with the federal government. So I just want people to understand that when I'm coming and I'm attacking these things in the government and I'm mm-hmm. telling you that this is what's hurting us, it's because I've been there. And this is a and this is a campaign for us. This isn't a campaign for me. This is not this is not about me. This is about the American people. This is about the the middle class and lower class people that have been stepped over repeatedly by the corporate elite, by the corporate news media, by the federal government to get to where they are in, in our wake. That's, mm-hmm. This is about vengeance. Mm-hmm. This is about us getting our due. You know, this is about us going in and telling them we're not going to take this crap anymore. And if you continue to do it, we're going to replace you with people that that are not going to do this to us anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's what that's what I'm doing. I'm taking this mo- this this movement of of people on this campaign with me and keeping all their stories close to me. Every story I've heard over the last six years of the thousands of people that I've met across all portions of of America. And I'm taking it to D.C. And we're going to tell them that we're not taking this anymore. Enough is enough. 
I love it. I love it. Um, what was what was the slogan slogan again? A vote for me is a vote for vengeance. There you go. So you're coming up on a uh, a pretty big big name show here pretty soon. You just said, um, uh, yeah, Tim Pool. I'll be on it in less than forty eight hours, my friend. Oh, perfect. So everybody, yeah. check out Josh on uh, the Tim Pool show. Um, that's Wednesday. Is that right? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I, th- I think I want to say it's uh, seven to nine Central Time. Yeah, make sure. Um, and then there's an after show for an hour or two. So it's like three hours of show time. Perfect. Make sure you check out Josh on that. Make sure you share all his stuff all over the place. I'm going to post all his links and stuff in the show notes yeah. so you guys can share it around. Uh, links to the video. Share that campaign video. I know there's more to come, I am sure. More campaign videos to come. Your brother your brother, and I are working on one right now. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> to, that's going to go ham on the COVID regime real hard. And so uh, we didn't even get that's going to be COVID. a fun one. We didn't even get into the COVID regime. There's too much to get. There, there definitely is. So th- thanks again, Josh, for coming on yeah, the show. We appreciate um, it, Josh. it was definitely an interesting topic. It's a lot of shit, like you were saying, that no no other candidate's mm-hmm. even talking about or is even willing to talk about. And I mean, it's it's definitely a, brush, a breath of fresh air. I was completely over this campaign before it even started. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I don't even care who the LP throws out. I'm just so fucking sick of the campaign and everything. Right. And I, I 2020 is barely behind us, it seems like, and now yeah. we're already at 2024. And then I ran into Josh at um, in a in a circle pit, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy's going to come on my show. I had seen that you're running for president, but I was just like, yeah, sure. And then I ran into you in a circle pit, and you gave me your pitch right there in a circle pit. And I'm like, all right, um, I'm, I'm going to vote this year. So <laughs> y'all should vote too. Make sure you vote for Josh uh, because – a vote for Josh is a vote for vengeance, and that's all that matters. Yeah, vengeance needs to be had. Josh, will yeah, let- I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to sing uh, Eminem. I'm going to. I'm going to give you my pitch in a circle pit. And I actually got up on stage with your brother and sang. You did as well. You did. It was great. And yeah. I, it's and on so video. I'm sure some clips too. of that will come out. It probably wasn't great. But oh, it, it was. It was fantastic. It. I again, no presidential candidate that I've ever met has jumped up on stage with my brother and sang a song. So, <laughs> so it's great. Um, we're going to let you get back to your 46 kids and. Uh, preparing for the 16 bedroom uh mansion yeah. that you got to look forward to so josh thanks again for coming on our show thanks a lot josh. hey thank you guys so much man i appreciate you yep have a good night that was uh josh smith your future president hopefully um again he is the host of the break the cycle podcast go yes. check out everything that josh does again i'm going to post all the stuff that he does in the show notes um otherwise just google josh smith yeah check out his website you know he does a re- he's got a really good list of where he stands on the different issues and his platforms sure. and uh and it's all stuff that that completely makes sense to me and i i agreed with all of them i did too and um He's just a badass dude. Yeah. And yeah. you don't well, get any badass pit, dudes. Right? In, in, I mean, a, in a circle pit. You can yeah. see Joe Biden in the pit? No. <laughs> Joe Biden would <laughs> collapse before he even got there. Um, we are going to take a break. We're going to come back. Um, we got a little bit of time left. Um, I, I did want, do we want to talk about Donald Trump or do we just want to wrap it up? You know, let's, let's end on a high note let's and just let's wrap just wrap it up. It up. I, I, no one wants to hear about Donald Trump. We were going to take a break and yeah. come back and talk about Donald Trump's arrest, but you know, I, I don't fucking want to do it. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. to do it to begin with, but then Josh was like, I only got an hour. I'm like, oh, we could fill it yeah. in with Trump stuff. But, you know, we're sitting at an hour and a half yeah. now. It's close enough. I don't I don't yeah. fucking care I, I'm, that. I'm feeling good right now. I say let's just... When was the last time we had a show we ended when we were fe- both feeling good? We're smiling <laughs> yeah, when we leave the right? show. Well, we're usually smiling. Yeah, even well, that's true, but for different so. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess 
That is, we're going to end with Josh Smith. Yes, because check him out. Why give somebody else, why give these other two fucking morons any more time of day when we have, we do have another option. We do have a, a candidate out there that is yeah. willing to, you know, step up and say, fuck this. Yeah. And he'll literally, on a debate stage, oh, I'm say, sure he will. fuck this. Um, we ain't doing this shit no more. Yeah. Um, I mean, burning down the ATF and creating dog parks? That's enough for my uh, vote. That's a win. That is enough. I mean, what do we got to lose? Right. Uh, another federal building not getting blown up right, accidentally yeah. right. by uh, a whole bunch of people getting terrorists. shot. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, everything he said was, like, spot on. The stuff yeah. about um, the nuclear families being the cause of... Yes. Like falling apart being the cause of a lot of the shit that's... I mean, this is stuff Absolutely. that, like he said, nobody talks about this oh, yeah. because that would be... Uh, I mean, that would be yeah. negative it, towards single-family homes. And he's got great and, views on, on education system. Yeah. And, I mean, so it's... Like I said, he's got really good ideas for things. Um, you don't see candidates... Usually Usually, it's like, well, if you vote for me, you'll see what I'm doing. Yeah, like Donald right? Trump. I got a really good plan if you vote for me. Uh, everybody says it's a really good plan if you vote for me. <laughs> uh, I'll let you know am I really good. Right. We voted. Well, we didn't. Uh, yeah. He was put in office, and did you see his really good plan? No, but not, I heard a lot about it. Not much of it. We so. had to vote for him a second time to see the whole thing. Now, I guess the only thing about Trump I want to say is, what are the odds that his that mugshot, that scally mugshot, uh, <laughs> ends up being his campaign banner? Oh, you know it will be. I, he's already using it. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like selling merch with that shit yeah, on yeah, it already. That's like his Che Guerrero shirt. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, they've uh, his campaign's raised over $7 million just since he went to jail. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. He's not going anywhere, but no. guess who else isn't going anywhere? <laughs> Josh Smith. Right. And thank God there are people out there like Josh Smith. Yes. I, in the very least, I mean, he's, again, he's not... He's not ashamed to say there's a good chance we're not going to fucking yeah. win this. He's not ashamed. But in the very least, it's highly entertaining. Right. I know that Josh is going to be the one that... No matter what he's doing, he's going to burn down the shit as he goes. Yeah. He's going to leave a freaking trail of yeah. freaking tears of the politicians and oh my gosh. candidates I, and stuff as he, as he I, goes. I would, the only thing I, I would love to see is, is him on the debate stage with Biden and Trump. Oh, my that gosh. That would be so fucking awesome. I I would give it 15%, guys. 15%. 15%. That's the goal. Share, the, share Josh. Share this show, obviously, yeah. but share Josh. Far and wide with everybody you know, because 15% is all we need to get Josh on the debate yes. stage with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Because, I mean, like he said, if he gets 10%, was yeah. it 5% or 10%? 5%. 5% he'll be able to be on the stage, like, next time. Right, right. But next time's not going to be Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Exactly, exactly. We need, we need him on the stage with, with Biden, Biden and Trump. And Trump. So yes. we need 15%. Yes. If you have friends that are like, you know what, I, I'm sick of this bullshit. Yeah. I'm sick of politics. Josh Smith. Yeah. He's not a politician. If you have friends that are like, you know what, um, Joe Biden's a fucking idiot. Josh Smith. If you got yeah. friends that are like, Donald Trump's a fucking idiot. Josh Smith. Yeah. Share it around. Or if they're both like, well, they both suck. I don't know what to do. Be like, Josh Smith. It, oh, it's the lesser of two evils. No. Guess who else is the lesser? Who's exactly. not evil? Josh Smith. Yes. Uh, share, share, Josh. We get him on it. the fucking stage. There's never been a more important moment in your life <laughs> than just getting Josh Smith to tell Biden and Trump to fuck off on yes. the national debate yes. stage. Yes. And 
I would I would die a happy man that night oh my if gosh, I got to yes. see that happen. Yes, the feds could come in and put two in my head and call it suicide, <laughs> and I'd be good. That's, that's that's all I need. That's what I live for. Uh, Thomas says five percent gets majority party status. Ten percent is his goal. I'm glad somebody was listening more than we were. Thank you. Fifteen percent polling to get to this year's debate. Right. I knew it was fifteen percent polling. That's uh, what we need. All right, so fifteen percent to get to the debates. So I, I mean, I was listening. That I might not have got all the numbers straight but i yes. got the 15 percent right because that's the most important thing yes. right now yeah it is your mission the crack pipe to biden would be great too yes. absolutely if i i mean that's it that's all i gotta say yeah vote for josh smith so we can get him to hand a crack pipe to joe biden on the debate <laughs> stage that's it that's all we need <laughs> That's all we have. Make sure you check us out all over the social medias. Like I said, we can be found at the handle at BreakTheBellPod on Twitter and Facebook. You can also find us at our website at uh, BreakTheBellPod.com. Find links to everything we do, our merch, and some cool shit. And um, definitely follow Josh wherever he goes. And yeah. maybe, I, I mean, maybe there's hope for this, this cycle after all. I, I have hope now. I have hope for at least the entertainment value yes. of it. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, we won't take up any more of your time. There's no need to There's no need to go into the other shit nope. that's going on. So, uh, again, uh, check us all. Share us on social medias. Otherwise, be back here next week. We'll do another fun one. Probably not nearly that good because no. unless we can get Josh back again after cool. Tim Cast, yes. we, we could get post-Tim Josh Smith with his big like ego it. and yes, yeah, yeah. We I'm, might have to give him like a chilled toilet seat or something. I don't know, <laughs> yes. but we'll do it. <laughs> have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members: Justin Zelinsky, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and Tio Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.